Welcome back to Legends RC Talk, episode five. With me tonight, Jeff LaPointe. Jeff, how you doing? Good, how are you doing, Ryan? Good. Um, tonight, going to talk a little bit of your RC background. I mean, you're pretty dominant right now on the points down at uh, Gromax Raceway. Um, give us a little background. Where did you start? Yeah, this, uh, I got into uh, just RC racing. This is my third season with RC racing. Uh, in a sense, I've been doing RC stuff for 2004 is when I first, I would say, got into good RC products, but that was airplanes. Okay. And I stuck with airplanes for quite a while, really just because a friend had airplanes. And then from there, airplanes, the helicopters, a boat got in there, you know, but really didn't get into the cars, crawlers or anything like that. Didn't get into racing. More or less just going to do it with friends that were doing the same type of thing. And then uh, in about 2014, I think I got a slash, a mini slash, because my kids had one and then I got one messing with it. So it wasn't until maybe 2014 or 15 I got something like that. And even then, didn't think about racing or anything like that. It was right. just something to do with the kids. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about here is we really our racing was underground. Yeah. If you didn't actually know somebody involved with it, you had no idea it was even there. Yeah. And it's, it's been there for years. We had a few in the past that would kick in and never lasted. Um, so now it's RC here actually finally took hold and we, it's not going anywhere. No, it's, I don't think it's going anywhere. It, at least where I'm at now, like, uh, I work, over at Gromax, helped Dave out on the RC side, and with the amount of orders, you know, doing things like that, it's uh, continually increasing inventory and the request for parts increases. So, you know, the inventory's growing, the demand's growing. It's from where I'm sitting, it is not slowing down at all. That's it's, good. If to anything, hear. it's it's at an upward tick nice. to where, you know, just on a whole scale of RC in general, you know, a lot of it was with Traxxas. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, I'm not even positive if that's the first thing that Dave got aligned with, but I think it was Traxxas. Yep. Yeah, first thing he got into was Traxxas, and yeah. Horizon just recently came along. Yeah. The last year, not even Horizon a year. Horizon came in, yeah. And, you know, with Traxxas, uh, you know, every particular model that Traxxas has, you know, uh, obviously a lot of people racing slashes, so yep. our part inventory is really big there. And, uh, and when it comes to the other models, it's grown as well. It's one of them things where... Someone comes in looking for a part, we don't have it. If it's not something we had in stock, just order two, three, just yep. to start building that inventory. So the inventory is going larger and larger. I mean, the like, let's just say a Revo. Not as many people are gonna get a Revo, but the amount of Revo parts and in inventory that's growing every week. Every time we sell a Revo, as you know, yep. kind of a basher truck, yep. well, yeah. something's gonna break. So yeah, you know, uh, the growth is there. Uh, all the models. That's like when I got my X Max. I yeah. had an I got an X Max before pretty much anybody else in town. There might have been a couple in town, but nobody was looking for parts for them yet. Yeah. So that's like the X Max inventory started getting built up after first week of me owning one. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Breaking on them. It's a basher, so yeah, it's coming back in for parts pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, like I don't know if you. Recent podcasts, me and Jason were talking about it. My my X Max when I first got it, it wasn't really even beat on. It was 
stuff broke just instantly. Yeah. Driving it down the road, and nope, there goes a drive cup. And just yeah. stupid things, but it seems like the harder I ran it, the better it lasted. Um, so three years ago, you said you got into racing? Yeah, three years ago is when I first started racing. Um, and that was just kind of a fluke. I more or less, I bought a slash just because uh, I knew there was a local track. I was living down in Kansas, uh, Wichita, Kansas, and there was a dirt track there that I had heard about, and it always seemed like fun, but I never raced. So I bought a the uh, go-to basher truck of just a slash, I think it was a slash platinum that okay. seemed tough. So I bought that and went there all by myself to not embarrass myself. And yeah, I sucked. I crashed. I couldn't land anything, you know, didn't know how to do anything. But a guy showed up. He, uh, he was into racing and then... Uh, he was telling me what days they did racing this and that kind of encouraged me to come out. So really a buddy of mine, uh, Chris Offit, he was the one that kind of tried to encourage me to go racing. And nice. yeah, the first experience was very humbling. I went in the sportsman class and I sucked. I got beat by an eight-year-old kid. <laughs> and in reality, the, you know, the, the eight-year-old kid had more experience. So that's one thing I learned. Even though I've messed with RCs for years, even if it was planes or this and that, you know, to get beat by an eight-year-old kid, you know, yeah. you, you got to chew on some of that humble pie. And, but in my mind, I think getting beat by that little kid, that's when it snowballed. Yep. Because I was like, that is so embarrassing. And that's when I started reading, looking at the setups. And I mean, it's sad to say, I'm a, I'm, what am I now, 44. So at this time, I think I was 40, 41, 42. Mm-hmm. And here I am researching with the goal to beat an eight-year-old kid in sportsman <laughs> class because I'm like, this, this ain't going to happen. So, yeah, I learned about that. I learned, you know, I ran the stock tires, learned about tires. So I threw a bunch of money at it in a sense, <laughs> set up this slash. I went out there and practiced during the week, you know, so that the next day in sportsman I could, my whole goal was to beat an eight-year-old kid, which is sad, but I finally beat him. And he's a funny kid, this kid. And his comment was, oh, you know, good job. Maybe you should go race with the adults now. <laughs> like, oh, so I did it. Okay, well, yeah, you're right. And then put myself in the four-wheel drive short course. And then again, at that point, my goal, those people, some people down there have been doing it for years. They would yeah. travel to Kansas City, Oklahoma City. I mean, it's kind of a bigger scene down there. Right. Yeah, we're in a small area yeah. for a racing scene, which it's surprising as big as it is now for the yeah. population we have up here. You um, know, and... and to put into perspective, people down there, the eight scale is big. The nitros, the everything eight scale. It was mostly eight scale buggies. Uh, Truggies is huge down there. The nitros. So all the courses are set up more or less for eight scales. So trying to get a ten scale short course truck around an eight scale track set up. All know, the jump spacings are different. Yeah. So you know, trying to go full send on a triple with a, a lightweight slash. Yeah, that's when I learned about parachuting and this and that, and then <laughs> drive shafts, and I learned how to adjust it. But in my mind, is like I'm never changing trucks until I learn how to drive. Right. So for a while, my goal was to not get last, and then eventually, you know, I worked my way up, and it's like, can I get in the top five? And then it was later, can I get in the top three and get a plaque? It just seemed cool to get a plaque. Yeah. So oh, you got you got to love having there. a plaque or a trophy. Yeah, it's, I don't know why. I got a couple at home and. <laughs> They, they don't really, they mean, they mean something to me, but anybody else looks at them, like, oh yeah, you yeah. one with a toy car. Yeah, you awesome. spent how much money and time. A lot more than it costs for that trophy, yeah. that's for sure. To get that 
four or five dollar plaque. Yeah, well, I earned it. <laughs> the touchback on the sportsman division though is the kids now. You know, they're they grew up in the digital age. They're playing video games. Yeah, the reactions are a little better than what ours are going to be right now. Yeah, getting into it. Yeah, I don't think Atari hooked us up. No, <laughs> you know, no, that pong was pretty slow. We're all I know it's podcast, so they can't see us, but. Yeah, we're not really young kids. <laughs> no. No, um, I am going to do video podcasts in about a month and a half. I am actually going to set up the camera and do both platforms. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice so we can actually do some reviews. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to get my hands on a Haas one of these days, too, and well, do a review. So we got, you know, you know, we're not necessarily focusing on the store today, but we do have two Haases in stock, and... There are more available. They're not out of stock with Traxxas and, uh, you know, throwing some more in the cart. But uh, we do have one available that's there. Nice. There is one available, so. No, I don't mind touching on what's in the store. I mean, it's, this podcast is here for the RC community, so it's not, you know, yeah. it's, we don't have to not talk about yeah. it. Yeah. You, well, you know, it, you know, Dave and I, you know, owner there at Gromax, so we, we both, looked at it and then you were in there as well uh, we were looking at it one day just looking at the picture of it trying to decipher what what they threw together because I don't know yeah. that anything is brand new but you know it there are a lot of people building a slash kind of like a monster slash yeah. and to me that looks like that's what they were going for so regardless of our thoughts of it there will be demand oh yeah and it's coming I'm sure it's a fun and a little correction on my podcast the other night where I was wondering if it was 4s it is only 3s it's the VXL system, but it's just a bigger can on the motor. Yeah. Yeah, that I wasn't sure. Because I knew they'd upgraded the electronics, but I wasn't sure on what they were yeah. actually running. Yeah, I don't know what size it's a can. 540. It's a 540 can? Yeah. Good, good. Because, yeah, it is turning bigger tires. The other ones, I think it's a 3500 can, I think. I'm not even positive. I think. <sighs> when it gets into the, the electronics on these, I'm so lost. Yeah. I know my... Eight scales running a 1900 kV can, and it means nothing to me. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what does it mean? Does it work? I mean, when they talk 12 turn, 13 and a half turn, I get that. But when they got, come into the kVs, I'm I'm 100% lost on it. Yeah. I don't know what they... Something to do with RPMs <laughs> and voltage and... Yeah. Voltage times kV equals RPMs. Something. Yeah. There's a formula, and I wasn't good at math, so... Me either. <laughs> and I can't spell either, so we're, yeah, we're good. Yeah, good thing we don't have to spell killable. <laughs> we just know if it works. Yep. So, okay, you finally beat the kid. You were yeah, racing the, the adults. He lured me into going to race the adults, and I did. And like I said, yeah, the goal there was not get last. And, you know, improving and improving and working. And, you know, learned a lot about trucks and setups, at least racing-wise. And, uh, you know, finally, and even in that, that first year of that race, racing at sportsman and finally beating a small child <laughs> at least by the end of there there were there was two or three days where at least got in the top three okay you know, maybe third second but to be honest that's because a lot of guys didn't come there was a bigger race somewhere else and yep. there were some guys that were sponsored but when they showed up you know that then it was it got to the point of my goal is to not get lapped yep. by the sponsored drivers so i mean it, it really pushed me to uh try to improve and get better and then eventually when I felt like I improved enough and then it was um you know there's really nothing I felt like I could do better with the truck and then I felt like that was the time to change trucks and really the people that were dominating down there were running technos 
and at least there was a great source of information. People were helpful and shared down there. So, you know, I, I bought that for 10.3 and, and, you know, sadly, some people have asked, what are the secrets? I, I tell everybody the same thing. I built it right out of the box, just like the other guys had mentioned. And I put a motor combo in there at a 4,300 KV. There's a 15 tooth sprout, you know, pinion gear. You know, on Brad's going to be taking notes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell him that. And then the only thing different that I know I, I've been doing all year that a lot of others don't is I, I've been using blockades and I use a little bit of a wider offset wheel. But other than that, it's, you know, it's good news for people wondering what the tips are. Yeah. And there's that's, none. I, we have the same truck. Yeah. So. The nice thing here too is everybody's open with what they're running. Yeah. There's no, there's no secrets on what's in every truck out there. No, and the, the only thing that, that I think is different was maybe for me moving back up here is when I got into this, it was racing on eight scale tracks with a 10 scale truck and a goal of not getting beat by, you know, people that are going to big races, sponsored mm -hmm. races and still finishing and pushing to hang with them. So really, if anything, I, I learned at a faster curve of, how fast the truck can go and what it can handle. Cause that would be the goal. If I got, you know, even if someone lapped me, the goal was to, let me see if I can hang Stay with, with them to, so I kind of learned what the truck can do more. So I could see if it's newer up here and there's a lot of tracks, this is being ran up here. It's newer, nothing wrong with that. But I, you know, as some people are transitioning to the techno, I think part of it is, I don't know that everyone really knows the truck can do a lot more than what they're used to. You right. Know? But I, I learned that because it was, you know, eight scale tracks and pushing against people that had way more years experience. Yeah, that's the same thing I run into with the eight scale. Um, with Dave, that was my first goal is not letting him lap me. Yeah. I finally got to that point where he's not lapping me, but I mean, it's still, there's still a 20 second gap there. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a victory. You right. Know? Yeah, it's a, a small victory, you know? Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Had a couple bad weeks with it, but yeah, the technos there. There's so much adjustability to them. And yeah. If you if you can figure it out on what it's doing wrong, you can change it. It's yeah. It's all there. And yeah. You change your toe by a degree, and it's shock rates, everything. Yeah. And I love I love the durability out of it though. For a, a truck out of the box, then mm -hmm. you know a lot of trucks you might buy, and then there's a whole list of upgrade parts. So. Some people might look at the price tag of that truck and be turned off because they're yep. used to spending more money on upgrades. To me, that's a truck that, like I said, it's stock, pretty much stock. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, the Technos. I'm, I'm impressed with them. I ran Brad's a few times, and they they got a good feel to them. You can actually feel the truck through the controller. Yeah. As weird as that sounds. No, I know what you mean. Um, I've it's... had a few different ones that I've ran that you can actually feel. Yeah. If they respond well, it's, I don't know, somebody that hasn't ran one or, or raced a higher quality truck won't get it. It's No, I, I think the, a good way to describe it or how I feel about it, when I was running the, you know, that Slash Platinum Ultimate, whatever, same thing, occasionally that thing would do some things that seem unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Where the Techno doesn't, there's no unpredictableness to it if... It's going where it's pointed. Yeah, a little more rigid frame, I think, is yeah. part of that. A little more weight down low. Yeah, it takes it, and if you get it sideways, it's because you did it with the throttle. Yep. Or you brake too hard and loose dirt. And so when things like that happen, it, it's the driver, not 
oh, the truck's not set up right. You know, if you understand the conditions better, then, you know, you don't blame the truck. And you got to, you know, I think some people just need, you know, learn to drive to the conditions that are there. Yep. Like, say, like this, like this Sunday, uh, we were discussing before this podcast, we thought the track conditions were going to be great. It got groomed mm-hmm. a little bit deeper. We had a little more, you know, loose dirt in there. You know, I think everybody was struggling. Well, everybody that was used to good traction was struggling. Yep. But it was kind of a game changer. Well, as we went from last week to where it was, I had grip. In the eighth scale, I had grip the week before. Yeah. And this week, it was, there was nothing. It was, yeah. you had to throttle and you were spinning. Yeah. This is a battle. You know, and that's one of the things, you gotta, you gotta drive to the track, mm-hmm. not what you're used to. And the only answer to do better there was, with that kind of condition, was slow down. Yep. Which seems wrong, because it's racing, but mm. a lot of times that's the answer, slow down. Well, yeah, yeah you turn your throttle down. I mean, the person that's keeping it in control and not making mistakes and flipping over. I mean, yeah. on that track, you flip over once or twice, that's a lap. Yeah, it's a big you know, track. For a corner to get over to your truck, if you flip over in a bad spot, you're you're done, yeah. you're out of contention. Yeah. That happens anywhere on a big track. You know, mm-hmm. There's places you know you better not wreck. <laughs> yep. But, you know, if you plan to never wreck, then, you know, that's you, you gotta eliminate that issue. Right. And then that'll help you, just consistency. Well, that's like Paul. He runs a consistent race every week, and he's always there in the top three. Yeah. You know, he's... But he doesn't drive out of control. He's... No. Whatever whatever the track will give him, that's what he takes. Yeah. He's very disciplined in that aspect. Yeah. And he's winning with Traxxas cars. Yep. So, you know, (laughs) like that's... he's, He's driving... You know, to the like he, he understands that he gets it and drives to the track condition and and he you know it's not so much about the car, that's that's a good driver. Right. Yep. Um, let's see. So how long how long ago did you move up here from Iowa? Um oh I was down in Wichita, Kansas. So I was oh, in the okay. you know, just long story short, I was in the Air Force, uh was an aircraft mechanic, mostly worked, you know, Fighter jets primarily, but a whole variety of jets mounts all around the country, this and that. But uh, that was the last place I was stationed, was down in Wichita, Kansas. And uh, I retired out of there, moved back home, be around the family, uh, the kids and whatnot who were living up here. So uh, that was that was when I had moved and come back up here. That was in, um, I want to say, spring of, uh, oh shoot, when was that? I don't know. How long have, I'm trying to think when I built this thing up. <laughs> I don't know, two years ago? Yeah. About two years Yeah, ago. about when Dave brought the RCs yeah. in. Yeah, right around then, I think, is when I moved here. So, yeah, I moved back up here and just been occupied building a home. And nice. That's what I've been doing, I think, since I, I guess, retired from the military. Yeah. I don't recommend building a home. If you're looking <laughs> for a hobby, avoid that. That's. But at least there's light at the end of the tunnel here. Yeah, it looks good. You got a nice setup out here. Nice mm. prime spot. Close to the gun range, can't yeah, can't beat that. No. Um, let's see. So other parts of the hobby you're into. Um, I think you're pretty big into the planes. Yeah, planes. Um, so I know planes is not really a large hobby in this particular area. There is a good group of guys. It's growing pretty quick here in the last couple months. Yeah, and I think a good part of it was uh, 
you know, so many people know Dave, and uh, you know, one day, I, you know, there is a flying club here. I know they mostly fly nitro. And prop busters, aren't they? Prop busters, yep. And uh, I knew that they were here, never knew where they were located. Kind of like, you mm -hmm. know, if you were racing or crawling, like, how do you find the people? You don't know. There's no yep. billboard, or you know, it's hard to find it. But you know, I tried reaching out to those guys once uh, I was going to be, you know, working with Dave at the store, and managed to get a contact and figured out where the flying field was and. I told Dave, hey, we're gonna go out there and meet these guys. It's it's good for the store, and let's go see what they're flying, what they're using before we, you know, think about ordering some stuff. And that was the day I got, you know, a plane and a controller hooked up so Dave could try it. And, nice. And uh, as silly as it is, I'm. It's more exciting to see somebody learn to try yeah. to fly because it's it's hard to describe it. But <laughs> there's not many times you have, you know. Like, like let, let's say the one airplane, the first plane, the little sport cub that he got, it's a ready-to-fly battery charger, everything you can get for, like, 159 mm -hmm. But, you know, being, like, you know, being a adult who you think you've encountered anything, and then you feel shaky knees with, like, this little tiny yep. foam plane, it's like, why would you get so nervous? But there's something about flying that it You don't have the same control. Time. you got gravity no. in the equation. That's, yes. Because uh, Dave got me to, to try it. Not quite as far in as him. He's he's both feet into the hobby. Yeah, it's enjoyable for me. It's I don't like the feeling of not having complete control over something at all <laughs> all times. It's a That's little different. Fine, yeah, it's, and uh, it's a, here's another aspect. So I got, I recently got another one, and uh, it was Mike Smeester who found it. He another racer that uh, yeah. we go with, and he used to fly planes, and he's getting back into planes heavily now. And he, he picked found, it back up quick. He's he did. He's, oh, he, he some jumps of the stuff he does is impressive. It is, and he he had found uh, this F sixteen ducted fan plane that, you know, I've worked on F sixteens for years, and, mm -hmm. but I don't have a ducted fan F sixteen plane. I was like, well, it's that's cool. It's time. The plane is on sale, and I got it. But I, I'll tell you the, even though I've been flying for years, there's always when you you know they'll call it the maiden flight, the first time you put the thing up in the air. So you get the controller, the control surfaces set up. And you hope it's good, but you have no idea. You know, mm -hmm. you got to think about the the center of gravity in the plane, your flight control, all that stuff that you don't deal with a car. You just put a battery in a car and it goes forward, turns. Yep. We're good. You know, there's there's no you you uh, like your butthole isn't gonna pucker up trying to maiden a car ever. Right. But a plane, you have no idea what's gonna happen. So even though John yeah, been, Wheeler had a few uh, maiden. Oh, he's got incidents. some stories. Yeah, John Wheeler's got some stories. But yeah, the. The first time, you know, I'm going to maiden this this F-16, I'm not sure what's going to happen, you know, because you have to trim it out. So, you know, imagine that you put it in like a car, you're just going to trim your steering. That's about it. On a yeah, plane, so on a plane, you have to adjust all those control surfaces and the way the controllers work. If you make adjustments on the trim, as you make them, you have to do not touch the controller for three seconds. So that way, you know, the computer can learn that adjustment. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes three seconds, you, you made no progress because now it went back into a dive or something like it's coming down. So, yeah, there's a it's it's kind of a rodeo the first time you get a plane trimmed out. So, I don't know. I, I've always loved planes. I don't think I'll ever get away from planes. Mm -hmm. I just try to avoid not having so many of them. But, yeah, I like know. coming out there and just sitting on a bench and yeah, watching everybody else mess with them. It's... It's fun. I, I get it. It's yeah. for me. I don't like my heart racing for five <laughs> minutes straight. Like I just yeah. ran a freaking a marathon. But it's yeah. 
It's definitely interesting. Um, Dave had his F-16 out, or what does he have? He's, He's got, got a jet of some Viper. sort. Yeah, that is a nice plane. They, we had that out, that maiden flight on that. I was even nervous because like, <laughs> I don't know what, you know, I'm not sure what's about to happen here, but I know that's a fast plane. And But, you know, for to just taking the perspective, someone who just kind of learned how to fly not very long ago, to have enough Weeks. confidence and practice to take a, a ducted fan plane running on 6S. Plane. Yeah, I, I was almost nervous. You know, <laughs> even though I didn't have the controller in my hand, I was kind of nervous because I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And very impressed. That plane flew phenomenal. And there's nothing, you know, better than, you know, seeing someone made in a plane and it lands on the wheels and it's going to live another day. Because I've seen, when I first got into and learned how to fly, they, the technology has changed. So we didn't have... There was nothing called safe. There were no gyros in there. Right. It, it just crashed. So either you're, if you learned how to fly years ago, either you were just stubborn or you had deep pockets. Yeah, pile of balsa wood. Yeah. And yeah, just, I, I think it took me 20, 25 flights until I landed my first plane on the wheels <laughs> intentionally. You know, it, it, they came down. Everyone came down, but not intentionally. Uh, so there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot, a lot there's so much technology that, you know, I'm just really impressed by that. The battery technology, the motor, you know, the gyros, the safe options. Like, all those things were not even a, an option years ago. So, having that now, like, I don't, you know, as the more and more people are learning, and I'm kind of surprised how many more planes have been sold through the store. Granted, there are a lot of beginners ready to yep. fly. But I don't, you know, it's weird. You, you sell a product, and it's like, you want them to have a good experience. Right. But you never know, <laughs> you know. Like I, you know, I hope they don't fly into a tree. You know, I don't know. Power Hopefully, lines. they have the right settings on. It's like you know, you kind of let the baby go, and you hope I don't see him the next day, and it's all piled up. But you know, I think it's it's been a pretty good experience. I don't think the number of sport cubs that are made by E Flight Ready to Flies. I don't think we've had any single one of them come back just destroyed. So well, I need I need some glue and some tape for mine. It's yeah. Little battered, the motor wants to fly out of it. Yeah, but it also went through Dave learning to fly, a couple other people flying it. Oh yeah. And I've nosed it down a couple times. Nothing hard, but yeah. But the nice thing is it, it they kind of take it. Yep. You know which. Yeah, there's not much weight behind it to actually yeah. hurt it too much. Yeah, you wouldn't think that there's an airplane basher, but you know the nice little light ultras like that. I, I, you know I. I'd say they're fairly safe in a sense. Yeah, you could run in this into yourself, and I think you'd be all right. Yeah, it's it doesn't weigh ounces. You know, it's, yeah. there's nothing to it. The only weight yeah. to it's the motor. Cheap. They're very cheap. Yeah. Like even a binding. So a binding fly. If people don't know, that's where you already have a transmitter, and you can just buy a plane, and you know, you just bind it, connect your transmitter to the receiver. Like a lot of those binding flies and those ultras are like a hundred bucks. That's crazy. Which is cheap. And yeah. a lot of the batteries are universal. So even if you completely destroy a plane, you could replace the whole plane for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. So, you know, flying isn't as expensive as it used to be. It used to be way more expensive. So, but you know, just with electric uh, batteries, technology, prices, oh, yeah. some of the, down. some of the motors alone are ridiculous of the, the gas. The models. Yeah. The like thousand dollar motors. Yep. I mean, you yeah. If you're a, a beginner, you're not buying a thousand dollar plane with a thousand dollar motor. And then another three hundred for <laughs> yeah. the controller. Yeah, that is not how to learn, you know. But yeah, there's there's ways on controllers now where you know two controllers can be digitally bound. Mm -hmm. So if someone's learning, and that's that's uh, how I was working with Dave, and Dave's done that with other people, and we've got other yep. people learn how to fly. 
uh, you know, to where, you know, the the trainee, if you will, has the controller. But if it looks like it's in trouble, whoever has the trainer controller, they can just, you know, their own control in their hand, just take any movement and it kicks the trainee off. So the yeah. plane, you know, is going to live. It's not going to die. Get it back up in a safe spot and then hand it back over. So, yeah, I mean, if someone's interested to learn how to fly, you know, we, I know Dave and I, we've, you know, we're trying to do it once a week where we tell people that we're going to go out there and if they want to come fly, we got planes, they can come out and try nice. out a variety of planes and don't, don't, you know, if you're here in the local area and you want to try it out, you're not going to pile up a plane. People no, that know how to fly are not going to let you destroy their plane. Right. Well, that's like, uh, William, he, uh, he had, I don't remember what the name of the plane was, the balsa wood, yellow one, the, they had a big, the big bus. Yeah. He was linked with that with a few people and let them fly it. Yeah. 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 Because I think he had Smeester out there flying it. Yeah. Pretty sure Dave flew it. And Dave flew it. I tried it. Yeah. I was honestly I wasn't used to the big big plane like that. It's like really slow and sluggish. Yeah, and I was gonna say it looked like it just lumbered along. Yeah, it's not for me. I I, <laughs> I got into trying to do the three D stuff and you know make the plane hover where it's kind of sitting there like a helicopter and yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, but with planes, it's kind of like cars. Uh, you know, there's so many different models. Each plane has its own characteristics. Um, they all fly different. Uh, for someone thinking about getting into it, though, I will say the, the cooler the plane looks, the more difficulty there will be learning to fly it. Right. If it looks cool, it's, no, it's not for beginners. <laughs> if it looks like, you know, the wings mounted on the top of it, it looks like a boring Cessna, that's the trainer for you for your first time. It's not an F-16, an A-10, uh, the Viper like Dave got, you know, yeah. like, I, but, you know, Dave's put in a bunch of time. He's, he did a heck of a job, so I'm excited to see that thing up again. Nice. All right, so um, take a quick break on that, and do you want to do the point standings for the track? Oh, yeah, here's some point standings for the Gromax track, the inaugural season. For the Grow Max track. So in eight scale, uh, in first place is Dave, second's Brandon Branham, Ryan Ray is in third, Mike Smeester's in fourth, and Logan Kuhlman is in fifth. And Logan Kuhlman, he's running uh, Arma Typhon. Yeah, he and is so is Mike. Typhon. Yep. So, you know, to put it in perspective, the price of an Arma Typhon to a techno, there's a pretty good price wow. range in there, but it's three hundred dollars to twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean it's it's a competitive truck though, in a sense. It's not a bad truck. No, it's I loved it. Yeah. But it's started eating itself alive. Yeah. That was my only problem with it. If it was built a little better, a few components, it yeah. I, it would have been tolerable, but when you're trying to race and try to catch them technos, it yeah. was just it's self-destructed. It eats itself up. Yeah, and I know the the new version of that now we have a couple on their way to the store now. And it's called the version 3, so mm -hmm. they have sealed bearings. Um, I so want to say listened. they have a better servo in them. Yeah, there's a couple parts that are upgraded on all of the new uh, Typhon 3S's that are coming. Nice. They're all better. That's so good to hear. It's sad to hear for everyone who had the other version. But yeah, out of the box now, the new ones are going to be a lot better. And I think it's only $10 more than what the other version oh, was. Hey, nothing as long as the no. sealed bearings alone are worth that. Yeah, you paid $25 replacing yep. that. So, so yeah, that's a good thing. Um, oh, and then just for the heck of it, yeah, Brandon Brenham, he's running a nitro, by yep. the way. So, you know, there's nitro faster every there. week too. He's, it is improving. Yeah, he's got it running better. He's Dave's lap times are still edging him out. I think Dave's yeah. been pretty consistent, eighteen seconds. 
And Brandon, he's right there though. He's I think he broke into eighteens a couple times. He did, yeah. But, but he might run an average of nineteen. Yeah. yeah, an average of nineteen, which is good. Yeah, but he's been putting in work on that nitro, and it's improving. Um, in two wheel drive mod brush, uh, Paul Reboin is leading that, followed by Mark Wickman, Mike Smeester third. Brad Brennan in fourth, and Uncle Pete is in fifth. And that's that's a tough class, actually. It's, that seems like one of the most competitive I'm really, ones out I'm there. I'm curious to see the, the points break down once we yeah. actually get the drop weeks on that class. Because yeah. they're they've been there every week and it's always the same guys in the top of that division. So Yeah. It should be That's one where your TQ points are gonna make a difference. Yep. Yep, it really that will is. be. It's competitive. Um and two wheel drive mod buggy, Uncle Pete. Is in first, followed by Brandon Branham, Jesse Santamore in third, Ryan Pierce in fourth, and Nolan Castellan in fifth. And just to throw this out there, I mean, for people that don't know, um, you know, Uncle Pete's running a Bandit. Bandit VXL. A Bandit VXL. Yep. But that he's does, there every single week. That does corkscrews every time he goes off the wood jump. Yeah, it's not pretty. And but rides off one wheel down a straight stretch. It is fast. Yeah. I will say that. If it can stay on its wheels, it's yep. fast. So yeah. And he's he's there every week. Every which week. is a big deal. I mean, it's don't miss races. You know, make yeah. sure to get your your eight races in. Yeah. That's been a fun one to watch. Um in two wheel mod stadium, uh leading that one is myself. Followed by Brennan Branham. And third is Brad Brennan. And fourth, Paul Reboin. Fifth is Jesse Santamore. That's, an, that's another division, too, that's actually been really tight all season. Yeah. Um, trying to think who won this. Paul won this week, didn't he? He did. With a rustler. And, you know, yeah, hands down, that truck ran better. The yep. dirt conditions totally changed. And it, it's one of them things, if track conditions, if the traction is higher... You know, that wouldn't be the case, but it's it's mm-hmm. all part of the game. There's no whining or complaining about it, but right. but Paul, he's just such a consistent driver. He just doesn't make mistakes. He drives under control. and Yeah, he runs yeah, his race. He won that one. I mean, I've never worked so hard. I got second uh, <laughs> this Sunday, and I feel like I worked extremely hard, and I only got that because uh, uh, Snowblind there, he, he had a, a mistake there right before the finish line. That's the That's only right. reason... Yeah, but other yeah, I struggled. That was a that was a rough day. Hmm. I was struggling with the track conditions this Sunday, but it's all part of the game. Yep. Uh, moving on over to two wheel open short course truck. Dave Frazier's leading that one, followed by Paul Reboin, Brad Brennan, John Wheeler, and Darren Grillo in fifth. Now I haven't seen Darren in a little while, so no, he's taking a couple weeks off here. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully hopefully he shows back up here soon and Yeah, he had some been t- a while. TQs and that series looking at the points before and that that one's that's definitely not a class that's sealed at all that's a, no that's an open one right there two races left right yep for the season yep, two so, weeks left of the season yeah that one is going to i don't know how that one's going to shake out i mean you got to win in that i gotta win in it as well <laughs> we kind of disrupted those guys but yeah you know i think that's the only associated truck that's seen the track in that class but yeah, next year that's uh, that's what I'm. I'm actually gonna build one of those because that was. It's so smooth. It is, yeah. I have a, I think I have a thirteen five sitting at home. That's, that would be a good combo. Yeah. yeah, so I think I'm gonna build one of those. Take the thirteen five out of my low C and put it in one of them. Yeah, that's a, you know because when you when you look at all the drivers in that class, there's not a ton of drivers in there. They're all solid drivers. 
They're all good. Yeah, yeah, that's not a, you know, it's not like you're watching. I I put it on the calendar when I beat Dave. Yeah. It's, it's far few and in between that I get a chance to actually beat Dave. Yeah. So when I, when I can chalk yeah. one up on him, that's, yeah. it's a win. Yeah, that was, that was fun to watch. I was happy to see. Yeah, that, that that's a great class, though. Very, very competitive in that one. Nothing's Clean, closed up in there. Nobody banging. Yes. Yeah. All good drivers. That's a Brad Brennan's strong in that. He's got a really solid truck in there. Yeah. So I think, is he still running his low C, I think, in that division? I think he's running the low C. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the next class, four-wheel drive, mod, short course truck. Uh, I'm leading that one, followed by Brad Brennan. Third is Ryan Pierce. Fourth is Terry T. Fifth is Mike Jarosh. That's uh, that's been a big class. That's kind of a meat grinder in a sense of because <laughs> yeah, there's a whole variety of uh, driver skill in that one. There's some yep. people that it might be their first year and they're running a four wheel drive, you know, brushless truck out there. So that that one's kind of a a mixed bag, if you will. But uh, you know, when I, when I look at the names in here, what do you know what Terry T's driving? A slash. He's driving a slash. So yeah, you got you know, there's four technos in there. And fourth is Terry T, but there's a lot of guys running Slash that are pretty good. Yeah, that's well. Look at Natalie Pierce. I'm pretty positive she's running it. She's. Yep. Well, I don't know what she was this week, but she was in seventh last. Yeah. And she won the B the week before. Yeah. Bumped into the eights, and it's. She's learning quick. Yep. And I would, you know, learning with a, a quality truck though is. That's a whole <laughs> right. other story, but you know, there's some other guys, you know, not not in here, but Ian Pollard. Every time I yep. see him take a. A dirty slash out of a box is competitive. Yep. He can break a tire off yeah. halfway through and still win the race. Yeah. So it's not like a slash is a not, you know, it's a competitive truck. It can still be competitive in there and shake things up. But, yeah, that's 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 just a, that's kind of a hectic class. Cause like I've won I said, races with a four-wheel drive slash over at Tom's. It can yeah. be done. Yeah, it can. They're, they're not as consistent. I mean, if you actually get into... A race-driven truck, there, you're gonna have a better chance at yeah at winning. It's, yeah, I think what helps for Dave's track in a sense because it's it's such a all the lanes are really wide. Yep, and that's what helps. If you were on a track that was a little tighter, with where attraction was you know a higher commodity, then mm -hmm. I, I think the difference would come out. But right. On, Dave's track, you can run Pretty things wide high, open you can run things tight. Yeah, it's, you know, there's lots of room for passing. And, uh, you know, that that's what kind of leaves the playing field open for all the different kind of cars that are out there running. Um, in sportsman class, uh, for those that don't know, I guess, it's kind of your beginner class. You're just getting into it and trying it out. And first is Jericho Davis in that class, followed by Michael Maringer, Ryder, Mark Street, and Andy Street. And... Uh, Sportsman class is fun for a couple of reasons. And, you know, I, of course, I started in that, and yeah, I got destroyed by a little kid and finally beat that and then walked out of it. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of your learning ground. The, the nice thing is there's, you know, if people think it's sportsman, so it's your beginner, but there's all different ages. There is. Yeah. Um, right now, not so much beginning of the year. We had a few guys come through it. Every once in a while, we'll get somebody new at the track that'll want to run it. Yeah. And it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, no. you got to start somewhere and. Yeah. It's a great it's grooming, platform to start. It's grooming future drivers. It is. The track's cut down. They're not taking the big ramp, the big yep. jumps, the longer turn. You know, it, I think it, it's the way it's set up at Dave's track is perfect mm -hmm. for sportsmen. I, you know, it's, it's a great setup. 
all those people there, a lot of them are younger kids, but they're all having fun. And, you know, it's a little rough to marshal that one sometimes, <laughs> not going to lie. Oh, uh, you want to try, try announcing that race once. <laughs> I, I don't even... You can't uh, tell. It's so hard to tell who's who. It's... Yeah. Everything happens so quick in that division because they're only running... The quickest guys are running like 12-second laps. That's what I was thinking. And the slowest laps are like 18 to 19 seconds yeah. to where we're running the full track in our faster divisions in 18, yeah. 19. The slowest divisions are 22, 23. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, a lot happening. It's really hard quick. to just watch, I guess, and announce that because yep. yeah, it, it, yeah, and there's a lot, usually a lot of cars. It's I mean for a sportsman class, well we've had two classes of it, mm -hmm. so I mean that just goes to show you there's a lot. Of last week was the only one that there must have been something else going on or something because it was yeah. we had like nine in it, but the week before I remember we had an A and a B. Yeah, I like to see that though. That's yep. just growth. You know, I even I had my kids starting that the first time, and mm -hmm. I just told them if you finished well, you're you're out of it. You're not gonna, you know. <laughs> but you know, they're a little bit older. One's sixteen, one's oh, fourteen. Well, well, Brendan, I can't catch him. When I was running the two wheel drive mod brushed, yeah, I couldn't catch him. It's yeah, so and it's rare that a kid listens to their parent. Yeah. I said, don't wreck, <laughs> avoid pipes, stay clean, yep. quit spinning. Yeah, yeah. Usually kids don't listen, but yeah, I'm I'm actually impressed. He's yeah, he's, he's solid. A lot. Yeah, oh, sucks last year. This is so, yeah, kind of. That's what we put Brendan in after that. So, yep. leading this class is Paul Reboyne, then Mark Wickman, Uncle Pete, Mike Smeester, Brad Brennan. And that's a class that typically has three. There's three classes of that. That's yeah, there's usually three mains every week of that. Yeah. At least three mains. You know, you so think that many. Had four. Cars, that many drivers. Yeah, when the points, you take out those four races. That, what that I just read off. Could change. That's going to change. There's a lot of guys that have consistently been running that. That, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that is definitely not solid. So if you're one of those top five guys, you know, you better show up yeah, the next show up two the weeks. next two weeks and make sure to TQ. Yeah, you, yeah that's, that is not a settled class at all. Uh, and then the last one here, the X-Max class, uh, Dave Frazier, Joe Ratliff, Jerry Bichelle, fourth Jamie Richard, and fifth Ian Pollard. And, uh, you know, X-Max... It's called X Max, but it's a little bit of anything it's big. Any monster truck now. Yeah. It's not everybody has a X Max around here, so it's there's yeah. Creightons, Revos, yeah. Rust, Pollards run their Rustlers. Yeah. So Trains. yeah, actually, which is it? Ian Pollard in fifth. Ian or? Pollard. Yeah, he's running a Rustler in that division. So yeah, a Rustler four wheel drive can hang, you know, because it can turn better than an X Max. Yep. So if you know how to drive, you know you could you could actually put down some good laps. Yeah, person needs to put a Max in that division. Yeah, a Max would do pretty well. Yep. There was a Truggy out there two weeks ago. Yep. A Truggy would kind of eat it up if someone was... If, yeah, if somebody was good with it, they could, uh, they could yeah. actually pull off some good lap times. The Truggy would be competitive. Hardest part is passing when you start getting yeah, the bigger trucks. Yeah, big trucks. That's, I ran it a few weeks, and the only way I was able to pass Dave was actually jump over him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hit the wood jump and hope and pray he's going to let off of it like he usually does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had a few like that. All right, yeah, that's uh, Gromax RC Raceway point standings for week nine. Wait, week ten. It must have been ten. There's two yep, more, that's 10, two of, more weeks. Yep, week 11 this Sunday. And for those who don't know, we're up in uh, Upper Michigan, so we might be closing around with paddle tires in the snow. That'd be you fun. You never know. I, I, I'm all for a winter series. <laughs> That'd be, I could get into that one. Throw some paddles on my crane. Yeah, that's an equalizer. Yeah. If you're having the snow. <laughs> 
Yeah. He's got an advantage. We do a lot of snow bashing with the UPRC Outlaws, and snow is so rough on your trucks. Yeah. Because you gotta you gotta thaw everything out, then you gotta make sure to remember yeah. to oil everything when you're done. It's better than mud, though. It is better than mud. You don't have to I'll clean take snow. Yeah. But cold weather too, breaking plastic easy. Uh, Snapped a lot of control arms because of cold weather. Um, all right. Next thing, uh, this is my favorite portion of it, is uh, you like to crawl. I do like some crawling. I got really big into that, like back to that story when I got to Kansas. I bought that slash and just ran into a guy, and uh, he encouraged me to, you know, offered to let me use a truck and go to try it. And listening to your other podcasts, I felt the same way. that I don't know that I'm going to get into that. It looks boring. Yeah. But then I saw the fun of just the people hanging out yeah. and the competitiveness, uh, competitiveness of that. <laughs> and then also, uh, you know, just the trash talking of oh, yeah. trying to get a, a toy car over a rock without rolling. And then, yeah, that, that's where I, I saw the fun in that. And then I, it was probably later that week I bought my first one and just listened to those guys bought an Axial, the SCX-10 2. And, you know, I was very impressed that a truck out of the box you know, other than changing the tires, like that truck right out of the box, I was able to do a lot of the stuff mm -hmm. I saw other people doing. So, yeah, that's, I'm sure Jason's home right now with his uh, toy championship belt over his yeah. shoulder, just gloating right I gotta now. I got to see that belt. Era. I heard about that. Yeah. It's, is, uh, it, is there a real belt? Is it really a, belt. a thing? Yeah, see, we, that, we have that's a belt. It's, uh, Did, maybe, wait, maybe, when you go out crawling, do you, do you get to bring the belt? You could. Well, you should. Yeah, you you carry it you around until your next uh, <laughs> the next competition. That's um, what makes it fun. It is. That's me and Jason like to razz each other. We're <laughs> we're pretty deep into the hobby overall. I yeah, mean, we're we live it. It's that's what we do. We don't yeah. really do much else besides that. And uh, well, we got into crawling, and we actually, you know, we go out to Carney Lake, play out on the bluffs. Yeah, shoot great area it's yeah. uh because we can get you know five six of us out there you could have 12 people 12 of us out there and you're not on top no, of each other you know but yeah for the for our outlawing this year we had the crawler competition and yeah jason jason won it with his vatera which i think we should outlaw them since they don't make them anymore <laughs> is there a vintage class maybe you got yeah there we go it's like a vintage yeah throw that in with the uh <laughs> The original honcho or something <laughs> but you know and i haven't uh i just been busy with this house building getting everything through that but yeah i i do miss the crawling and i'm really looking forward to getting back to it i mean nice. those you know the crawlers sitting there those haven't had a battery plugged into them since i left kansas wow so they've been sitting there for know, two going on three years <laughs> but you know the nice thing they're not broke they're ready to go they're ready to go, so I'm I'm looking forward to it, and well, I, I'm, it's we'll it, it'll be just as much fun here, I'm sure, as the the group I was with in Kansas. So, but yeah, you know, for people, you know, since podcasts, we don't know the the variety of what people are used to or their level of knowledge. But I will say, you know, a lot of the axles, there's a lot of good trucks right out of the yep. box that are pretty competitive without throwing a lot of money into it, and um, you know, I'm, I was pretty stoked to see how well that axial ran. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I'm bringing this up because I'd seen people spending a lot of money with, like, say, uh, Vanquish or RC four wheel drive, and and I will say it looks like quality. A lot of it is quality. Yep. It's very flashy, 
but that doesn't mean the performance matches. Right. You know, the the, the price tag of that <laughs> it does not equal performance. I will say that. So, you know, for someone interested in crawling, yeah, you, it, it's not a huge money pit to get into crawling. No, you can, you can go out and spend $100 on an RGT. We found yeah. there's a company out there. You can get them on like Amazon or whatever. They're just yeah. an intro truck. $100, bring it out, and they're actually really capable for yeah. what they are. Yeah, they're not they're not as pretty as some of the trucks out there. You know, you're not going to have a nice Jeep Wrangler body on it or yeah. something. But for what it is and what it does... That's all. It, that's all you need. It's yeah. It's functional. Something to get. Something to start with. It's not it, you sexy, know? but it's functional. Yeah. And that's that's the problem for me with crawling, is it's got to kind of be sexy. It's yeah, yeah. I've I've you overbuilt feel trucks. Bad. Like I I. <laughs> so it's funny. Like like getting into it, when the group of people are getting together to go crawling, you don't want to have like just that rat looking truck. Yep. But here's the irony of that, though. The ugliest looking truck was typically one of the most capable yep. ones out there. The cooler the truck looked, the sexier it looked. Yep. Usually, it was a decline of performance. Yep. So. Yep. I agree 100% you know, with that one. My <laughs> TRX that I have put the hard body on, lift kit, bigger tires, bumpers, rock sliders. Yep. It's not as great as it used to be. No. Trail truck. That's yep. what, yeah. It's still good. I mean, I've I've ran it enough. I have enough hours with it that I can, I can get through stuff with it. But it's yeah. I took some of the performance away from it by doing everything. Yeah. But no, it looks cool. Yeah. Always got that. And that's the challenge. You know, I don't. You know, if no one's ever crawled before, you wouldn't think is you know little things like weight distribution matter so much. But it's huge. And crawling, yeah, it's it's everything. And just having a cool truck to go trail running. Yeah, don't worry about it. But eventually, you know, when you roll over, you might think about it. But yeah, mm -hmm. trail trucks. When you're running yeah. a hard body and you break a mirror oh. off of it, and oh yeah, then you, know, then you wish you might have had some portal weights or something. <laughs> yeah, sickening. I mean, I mean, there's there's so many things you can do without even spending money on that axial that I have. Uh, you know, looking for weighted wheels. You know, and there weren't tons and tons of options at the time. Well, there was, but I wasn't going to spend the yeah. vanquish price. So, you know, someone told me just grab some welding arc wire and wrap it around the rims a bunch of times. And I sat there one night doing that thing. And, well, you know, I can't find anything online. I did that, and I've never changed it. I'm leaving it on there. And, I, yeah, I, I had a set of tires old. with lead wheel weights. Yeah. The sticky weights wrapped just around stuck in it. there, yeah. yeah. It's as ghetto but as there is. But it, it works. Yeah, yeah. It's and that's part of the hobby, though, is being little innovative and figuring out how to make something work. Yeah. And that's, you know, maintenance on these trucks. It's a must. It's part of the hobby. It's, it is. You know, if you're getting into RCs and you don't want to work on them, you're not going to be in RCs very long. No. So, like, you know, I we weren't planning on talking about this, but I'll throw this in there. And, and maybe this is part of the, just the Air Force background I had being in mm -hmm. aircraft maintenance. So, obviously, you know, in the Air Force, the quality of the maintenance is... You know, the expectation is like 100% all the time. You know, you can't well, yeah, put missiles on jets and fly them over Iraq and Afghanistan and, oh, I hope it works. Like, that's not acceptable. So the the level of, uh, you know, maintenance, maintaining things, like taking the extra time, make sure it's done right for the performance of it because it can't fail. So I think that kind of upbringing um, or, you know, just doing that for years when it came to racing, that's, 
that's kind of one thing that, you know, I, I, I see week in and week out people that aren't doing like a lot of maintenance. Mm -hmm. Like the truck is exactly how it was last time they finished their main and they might've been disappointed in a B or C, but yet here the truck is in the exact same condition, but somehow the expectations are going to change and yep. no, they're not. So, you know, if it like to be good at racing, you, in my opinion, you'll never really be good at racing until you learn how to be a mechanic. Yep. So if you can't, you know, if, if you're not going to do the maintenance on it, you know, you, you got to adjust your expectations. For sure. Kind of same with, uh, you know, flying or rock crawling. You know, if you're going to go out there and expect to spend all day, but you didn't go through the truck. Didn't charge your batteries. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't, don't be disappointed if you hear, you know, a gearbox making noise when you put it away and then you brought it out. You're probably not going to be out there full battery back. You right. Know? So, you're setting yourself up to fail. Yeah. Yeah, the, the good racers, good pilots, if it's flying, or good rock crawlers, it, it typically it's the guy that puts in the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know, with anything co competitive, you know. Or you just borrow somebody else's truck that puts yeah. in the time. Well, that worked out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it is, it is funny. That truck sat. That is <laughs> it's still sitting. <laughs> it's a good one, though. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, it shows, you know, here you're in the top of the points in every division you're running. So it's, yeah, it's gotta mean something. I mean, Brad Brennan, he's up there in the top of the points in every division that he's running to. And yeah, he, he does the same too. thing yeah. all week. His trucks all week come out of the box. He goes through them, cleans them. Yeah. Checks everything, make sure everything's up to par. And, yeah. And it shows cause you know, he's, unless he's got an issue on the track, he's solid every week. He doesn't really yeah. have breakdowns. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it definitely shows. If racing something you're thinking about getting into, yeah, you got to be a good mechanic. Yep. <laughs> you'll be a good mechanic before you'll be a good driver. Yeah. That's, <laughs> or you give up and quit, you know, so. Yeah, that's the thing. You do see a lot of people that that don't want to work on their stuff and they just break it and it just goes in the corner and you never see them again. Yeah, which is sad, yep. you know, but you know, there's no indestructible RC out there. No. It's, it doesn't exist, so. You're not going to plastic pieces. Yeah, you're not going to buy that. Going 40 to 50 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Stuff's going to break. Yep. So, all right. Well, good chat. Um, we touched everything. I'd like to give a thank you to Gromax. If you need anything RC related, make sure to stop in, talk with Jeff. He'd be glad to help you out or anybody else working down there. Uh, Dave, shout out to you. No, you couldn't make it tonight, but. Uh, we will be in touch, get you on on a future episode here. And yeah, that's about everything. Jeff, appreciate it. No, thank you, Ryan. I'm sure we could have went on for another hour. We can, uh, near future. How long, how long did this go? We are. And I'm only, we're bringing this up because our goal was to try to keep it short. Yeah, it's not short. We are at 54 minutes. Oh, we failed. <laughs> Every week it's been 10 minutes but, longer. Hey, if you're listening right now and you listen to 54 minutes of this, Thank you. But yeah, no, our goal was to track you. Oh, sure. make sure to subscribe. And also, if you are on Facebook, if you uh, go in the search bar, Legends RC Talk, there's a Facebook page there. Any suggestions for future episodes? Um, also, we will be doing our giveaways, and we're going to be using that as a platform to communicate. So make sure to get on there if you are listening. Again, that was the Legends RC Talk. Again, Ryan, Jeff, have a great night, people. Goodbye. Good night. Welcome to Gromax and Gromax RC Raceway, the UP's biggest and best superstore for planting and hobbies like RC. 
We've got everything you need for Traxxas, Losi, Techno, and all the other brands. Not only that, but we have racing every Sunday. So stop out. We're always here. Get growing. Get racing. Get a new hobby. Grow Max. Thank you.